What up, world? Your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. You are listening to Friday, July 7th episode. We got a jam-packed one for you, the Royal Week, because it's just me solo riding solo today. Uh, Blazers latest, we'll talk latest Dame drama. Blazers are going to hopefully sit down, or I'm sure they will, sit down with the Heat when both uh, front offices get to Las Vegas at Summer League. The whole NBA is in, in Vegas this weekend. Uh, stuff can get done when folks are in the same room, same building, same state, same city, same hotel, conference room, whatever it might be. We'll talk about the latest Damian Lillard drama. Some of it you already know if you're listening to the show. Matisse Thibel's coming back along with Ibubaji and John Butler Jr. as the Blazers continue to fill out their the next iteration of this roster. And then we're going to close the show with some summer league predictions. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun. It's Friday, but we got to start with the biggest news. You know, yesterday I, I, um, I took a break from the Dame stuff because I feel like this, uh, you know, I'll just like, I've recorded a podcast, an episode of this podcast for 12 consecutive days. This is day 12. I am the Cal Ripken of bite-sized audio video media pertaining to the Portland Trailblazers. And your boy Cal has, has, of those 12 episodes, 11 of them have been heavy Damian Lillard trade stuff. So I tried to give you a break yesterday knowing that we might come back to it. And guess what? We back! <laughs> The latest reporting comes from a variety of sources, and I'm going to lay it out for you. But some of it you might have already heard. That's why you should be an everyday listener to this podcast. Shout out to my everydayers. Okay, the latest from Adrian Wojnarowski, who wrote a story on ESPN this morning, says that Aaron Goodwin, Damian Lord's agent, has been calling prospective trade partners, I'm quoting here from Woj's article, and warning against trading for his client. According to team executives told ESPN, Goodwin is telling organizations outside of Miami of the Miami Heat, that trading for Lillard is trading for an unhappy player. Uh, listen, you would have known this if you listened to Wednesday's episode. Uh, this is why you should listen every day. I said that I had heard from a, a, a league source that the Damian Lillard's agents and Aaron Goodwin specifically were orchestrating the trade. This is how it happens. This is how it happens in the league. I'm not like looking for credit from Adrian Wojnarowski. I'm literally telling you, dear listener, listen to the show regularly. Make it part of your daily routine because you will all, you will already know this even before Woj reports it so basically Woj's story lays out that the Blazers are they're going to be slow because they don't want a bad deal and that's always been the thing with the Blazers I think the Miami Heat's deal is a little bit underwhelming um, I think in general the market for Dame is going to be underwhelming in part because of his Aaron Goodwin telling teams like suppressing the market naturally this is this is this happens across the league this is normal um, I, I mentioned this even without reporting that I assumed that you could just call the Utah Jazz and say don't trade for Dame and you could exercise at least you could exercise some force to kind of have them at least dial back their offer. He doesn't want to be here. We're not going to offer all of our assets type of thing. But um, it doesn't mean that no teams will call and, and Woj reports that. It just means that Aaron Goodwin is doing right by his client to some extent, right? Like I, I think this is... Um, I think this can feel yucky if you're a Blazers fan and I, I think it's totally fine to be like, gross, why? But this is 
That's why you have a big powerful agent and you make millions and millions of dollars. So they'll, so they'll do your bidding. So they'll steer you where you want to go. So Woj, Woj's story kind of lays out the Blazers being patient. The deals, you know, for Miami isn't, isn't ideal, but there might not be other ideal um, trade offers out there. So, you know, Portland just kind of has to weigh their options. Um, and I quote again here from Woj, Portland doesn't want guard Tyler Hero in the four years, $120 million owed to him on his contract extension. And this is the big part. This is what, to me, this is the actual mo- meaningful reporting from Woj um, that you couldn't already have learned on Locked On Blazers earlier this week. But, quote again, I'm quoting here again, there are teams that have told ESPN they would surrender a, quote, good first-round pick to the Blazers, maybe something more, to become a facilitator by taking on Hero in a three-way deal. I mean, there it is. If the Blazers can find a good, quote, good first-round pick and maybe something more for Tyler Hero, and they get two pick, two first-round picks, and potentially three if they can really squeeze Miami because I think the Blazers have some leverage to say, put all of your assets in there. Uh, Miami unprotects or changes the protections on a pick to uh, to that they owe to OKC. Miami sends 2020, other 2024 unprotected pick. That pick's going to be like 26, but whatever. The 2024 pick... 2028 pick, a 2020-30 pick, all three of them unprotected. Um, you get Nikolajovic, you get Jaime Jaquez, and you reroute Tyler Hero to another team that's giving you a, a quote, good first-round pick and something more. This is the package the Blazers want. Four firsts, two young players. I don't know that this is like the, obviously this isn't like the Rudy Gobert Hall, and this isn't the Kevin Durant Hall, but this is the trading for a 33-year-old player on a big old contract who is forcing his way in one spot. This is what the best version of a Miami Heat deal looks like. And frankly, um, you know, again, something I reported earlier this week, the, the, the speculation is that it's going to be Miami eventually. So part of the eventuality is getting the most if you can reroute Tyler Hero to a third team, as, as Woj suggests here, for a, quote, good first-round pick. Go ahead and do it, and I think this gets done, you know, August 1st or whatever when Jaime Jaquez is available to be traded. There's a little bit more reporting. Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald reported uh, that he spoke with Aaron Goodwin on the record, and Goodwin told told Jackson the following, I do what I should for my clients. Some teams I did call, other teams have called me. It's a respectful relationship with most teams. Truthfully, he wants to play in Miami, period. There you go, on the record. Miami or bust. Dame can't say this. I think that's that's an important thing to note here. <laughs> that's straight up tampering. Like he would get in trouble from the league, but his agent going on, if, if you're going to do this, I think it is better than sources say, and sources say this, like assuming that the source is Aaron Goodwin. I think it's good for him to go ahead and go on the record. My client wants to, truthfully, my client wants to play in Miami, period. Let me get the quote exactly right. Truthfully, he wants to play in Miami, Period. Period. So we're kind of at the same spot we've been, but with a little more details. And Aaron Fentress of the Oregonian also spoke with Aaron Goodwin, and Fentress got the following quote from, from, uh, from Goodwin. I had a positive conversation with Joe, and I made it clear that Damian would want them to sit down and have a meaningful negotiation with Miami, and I think that's something that Joe and the Blazers will do. The whole league's going to be in Vegas this weekend. Side note real quick, real quick. If you're ever considering going to Vegas for Summer League, go early. Go early. Get there the night before. So the games start Friday. Get there Thursday afternoon. Uh, if you fly from Portland, you'll probably fly with the dang team. They, they Because of the way it works, they have to fly commercial. So get that good flight out of Portland middle of the afternoon. You'll fly with the team. I've... Um, 
it's it's a bizarre it's a bizarre thing to see giant people ride in a commercial uh commercial airplane with you when there's like 15 of them um but then the whole league is there the whole league not just like ibubaji and john butler jr and and whoever it might be joel Manaya or, or or whomever the back half of the blazers summer league roster is but it's like everybody everybody's front office everybody's analytics department the whole bunch of media members who you probably don't care about because we're not important people but like the whole league is there go early go that first night see the entire league walk through vegas and see it it's a whole bunch of fun but because the whole league is there that was my side note because the whole league is there stuff gets done like you can get like you can get you can get in the same room and you can just like have those conversations. You don't have to talk through proxies. You don't have to both talk to Aaron Goodwin on separate phone calls and get it done. You can sit down in the room and say, are you going to unprotect those picks, that pick that you owe to OKC so you can trade us three picks? Cool. Who, have you found a place or have has Aaron Goodwin on, on behalf of Miami Heat found a place for Tyler Hero to be traded and, and will those, will that team give up first, a good first? What does that good first look like? Okay, will you also take Yusuf Nurkic if we take back Duncan Robinson? You just hash it out right there. You can have the conversations and get it done. These, these I mean, I, I say on the show all the time, a stolen, stolen phrase, but like deadline spur actions. Uh, this isn't a deadline. This is like, there is an uncomfortable truth that if the Blazers have to go into training camp with Dame in tow after all of this mess, that it's just going to stink. Stink for everybody and stink for you Blazers fans out there too. Like that, it's just, no one wants this to drag on. At some point, you just got to rip the Band-Aid off. It seems like it's in inevitably going to be Miami. And I think the good news is that if there is real interest in Tyler Hero, a good basketball player, to be sure, but like has no value in Portland. And I don't think his particular type of player, like a um, guy who struggles a little bit on defense and scores a bunch, doesn't have a bunch of trade value. Ask the Blazers about trading Amphrey Simons. They'll tell you the same thing. They're very similar players. But if you can get a, quote, good first and maybe something more for Tyler Hero, you are getting the bones of a good deal um another thing i i mentioned in yesterday's show a couple maybe two two days ago was to watch if the blazers or if the heat finalized some deals they did finalize that victor oladipo deal so the dream of expanding it to a to a multi-team trade with with okc that one's probably it'll be a separate deal not including oladipo's salary um you know i thanks for those of you who emailed me with your third eyes open uh but we will move on to whatever's next that's your latest dame drama thanks for sticking with 10 more minutes of dame drama i gotta be honest y'all i do not plan to do one over the weekend this is monday through friday show we do it on the weekdays unless big news drops if big news drops i'll hit the microphone that's i love i love the game and i'll do it for you but i i do think we will have to talk about this dame stuff again soon so thanks for sticking with me for 10 minutes let's talk about anything else now including matisse thibel back in portland the blazers have matched his contract offer from the dallas mavericks or offer sheet from the dallas mavericks and he is coming back so that's what we will talk about in the second segment and some other minor moves from the blazers as well that were announced today Join me in that second segment, but first I want to tell you that this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, there's a lot of ways to get therapy, pursue therapy, but BetterHelp is one of the most convenient and one of the most inexpensive. And therapy is just can be super helpful, whether you're dealing with decisions about your career, relationships, or anything else. Therapy can help you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate your life, so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. You can trust yourself to make decisions that align with your values. Therapy can help you get in touch with the the sort of core part of yourself that wants to make sure that you are are living the way you want to live and you don't get lost in the hubbub of everyday life because life's hard. 
So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. All right. Matisse Thibel's coming back. The Blazers are starting to get um, the, the, the sort of outline of what their roster in the next era is starting to come together. Uh, Matisse Thibel was a restricted free agent. He received an offer sheet from the Dallas Mavericks for three years, $33 million, and the Mavs made sure to put all the bells and whistles on that thing to make it a little bit harder for the Blazers to bring back Matisse. Uh, it contains a it contains excuse me a 15% trade kicker, a player option on year three, and it stipulates that 50% of his annual salary each year must be paid by October 1st. The Mavericks had previously agreed to a sign and trade to acquire Grant Williams from the Boston Celtics. Because of that trade, they didn't have the full mid-level to offer any longer. They only had up to about nine million dollars in in year one starting salary. So they built. Um, to get up to the first apron, you can't go over that for the mid-level exception. That's how much money they had to, to build out this contract using what using the tools that they had. So what they did was build the the most unappealing contract for another team to match. Player option, so you only get two guaranteed years, and then he can opt out, hit free agency. Uh, there's there's um, some value in having it to be just two instead of three. Uh, you know the money due up front. So if you're if you have ownership that is, doesn't want to pay up front and wants to pay incrementally, and you're you're every two weeks direct deposit like a typical NBA uh, like a typical typical NBA salary, then yeah, then maybe they balk at that. Uh, and the trade kicker, which means that if, if Matisse Thibel is traded, he gets a bonus that that, um, that counts against his salary and counts against uh, Blazers cap space. So uh, this, it, it is, the Mavs have uh, structured something similar like this before. Teams have structured similar like this before. Um, this is, the Mavs did this to get Chandler Parsons back in the day. Um, Parsons then opted out after two years and signed a, a huge contract with the Memphis Grizzlies. Shout out um, to uh, to Neil O'Shea for not signing that one, although he reportedly considered it at least for a few hours. Um, uh, the Blazers famously hit the lottery by not signing Chandler Parsons to a $94 million contract. Get your money. Um but like this is relatively common in the league, this sort of bells and whistles, restricted free agent contract, like the ones to make it more onerous because you can't, you know, the, the Mavs offered the absolute most money they could, right? They said, okay, this is how much we have. This is the starting salary. This is the raises beyond that salary. It's about three years for 33 million. What can we do? And the Blazers said, cool, we'll match it. We'll match it. And I think it's the right thing to do, quite frankly. I said it on yesterday's show and I, I, I nothing has changed in the, I don't know, uh, 22 hours since I recorded yesterday's show. Like th th that's, that's the deal. Um, it's not crazy money for Matisse. It's not super long. If the Mavs have had the full four years, fifty-four million dollars for Matisse Thybul, I think that would have, that would, that's the full mid-level. Um, that maybe would have given the Blazers some pause. It certainly would have given me some pause. It's not even my money, but I just think that that's that's a long-term commitment, both financially and and, and years-wise, for for what Matisse Thybul brings. I'm probably lower on him than maybe some other people in the market. I, I I'm I am pretty doubtful of his impact as an offensive player although i admit he shot it really well when he was played for the trailblazers at the end of the season but um at this price it's kind of a no-brainer uh the blazers can they just they 
they need players. They need wings. They need guys who can play a little bit of small forward, and Matisse can do that. He's their best defender on the roster. They trade a couple second-round picks to get him. If you trade second-round picks to get someone entering free agency, you want to keep them if you can. Like, that's the whole point, uh, particularly for the where the Blazers were. They were not trying to be good after the after the trade deadline. So it always made sense to keep Tease. He's back. And you kind of see the bones of what the Blazers are doing, right? Like the starting lineup, I would say presu- presumptive day one starting lineup. I guess this is maybe getting a little in the weeds. Let's just do people who are on the Blazers roster that aren't um, that aren't Dame because let's like not start naming Heat players that are on the roster. Well, ha- we might have to do that at some point, but not today. But you know, it, it, it's something akin to Scoot Henderson, Avery Simons, Matisse Thybul, Jeremy Grant, Nurk, unless he gets traded, and then you know you've got off the bench some combination of the young guys: Jerry Walker, um, Chris Murray. I guess Keon Johnson can play a little bit. Um, you know, obviously you have Shane Sharp. I don't know how he skipped down the list, but like you, you, you were starting to see, you believe they have 10 non Damian Lillard players under contract right now. So you're starting to see what it looks like. You know, they, they still have their mid level to use. They're just in a holding pattern to fill out the rest of the roster. They obviously need to get bigger. They're going to add some centers and some power forwards at some point. But, um, you know, this is a, a, I think this is a young, fun team. I don't think it'd be particularly competitive based on the roster right now, but like really fun, um, potentially, surprising certainly could surprise one podcaster who may regret something he said in the middle of July. But, um, yeah, like I, I think you're starting to see the, the sort of outline of what the roster is going to look like, but they got to do the, the other thing to sort of, to sort of get there. The other Blazers news is that Abu Baji or Ibu Baji, excuse me, Ibu Baji and, uh, John Butler Jr. are back on two way contracts. The Blazers had previously extended qualifying offers to them to make them restricted free agents. So they're both coming back on two way deals, something that I had guessed, but had no, reporting about but just guests early on a show earlier this week they're back i believe it had been reported somewhere i believe it was on hoops hype that butler had signed a three-year deal with the blazers but the team announced today on july 6th that uh the that they both players are back on two-way deals uh there is a third two-way deal the blazers can use that on whoever it might be maybe it's on uh jonathan williams on nate williams we'll see maybe it's on maybe it's on someone else but um, you know they've they signed uh, Ryan Rupert to to a uh, to a full you know to a normal NBA deal, so he's not going to be a two way guy. Um, so you know they've they have another two way spot available. They got a bunch of back half of the roster spots available, maybe front half depending on how you want to count it. Um, they're they're getting there, and Matisse, you know, he makes sense with the program. Like if you're going to start Scoot Henderson, Avery Simons, you're going to want defenders. Um, you know, I think Scoot has potential to be a really good defensive player in the league, and 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 I heard an interview on Casey Holdall podcast a briefcase with Shane Sharp in which he said that Scoot's a really good defender um but he's also like a teenager and typically teenagers do not play defense well in the NBA so um it, it's just a safe bet that he has more defensive potential than defensive production so that's what it's looking like with T's back in the fold summer league starts today as you were listening to this on a Friday evening the Blazers take on the Houston Rockets on ESPN Asar Thompson, Jabari Smith Jr. going to be a whole bunch of fun, and you'll get to see Scoot and Shaden in action. So let's talk uh, Summer League predictions. I'm going to make some bold ones to close the show. Join me in that third segment, won't you? Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. It's time for some bold predictions. Summer League edition. And I had to hit the, I had to hit the books to figure these out. In 2017, Lonzo Ball, then a a rookie for the Los Angeles Lakers, had 56 assists across six 
Summer League games, setting the, the all-time record for Las Vegas Summer League assists per game averages. 9.2 across six games in the summer of 2017 for ZO2. Zo. My bold prediction is that Scoot Henderson breaks the record. 9.3 assists for Scoot Henderson. I'm calling it now. 9.3 assists breaks the record. And here is my reasoning for it. Scoot can score in the league. And Scoot's going to be asked to score in the league. And quite frankly, the modern point guard has to score in the league. If you can't score as a point guard in the NBA, you are a backup. <laughs> that's that's how this works. Um, if you're an, if you're the lead guard, they're just um, you got to score. But in summer league, Scoot doesn't need to prove he can score. What Scoot's going to show off is what an incredible facilitator he is. And playing next to uh, playing next to Shaden Sharp, he's going to just feed, feed, feed him. And running pick and rolls with Baji and running pick and rolls with Jabari Walker and finding Chris Murray rolling to the rim and cutting and working the baseline. Scoot Henderson is going to show off his playmaking chops. His role is probably established. He's probably a day one starting point guard in the league for the Portland Trailblazers based on the way things are going this summer obviously stuff can change but that's what it looks like he doesn't need to prove it or earn a spot or anything like that what he's going to do is show off the special skills he's still gonna have some big dunks and some plays but he's gonna average 9.3 assists breaking Lonzo Ball's record for assists per game average the highest assists per game average in Las Vegas summer league history 9.3 that's your bold prediction number one. Second bold prediction Join me in the not-so-way-back machine for this one. In nine games across the 2021 summer in Vegas and the 2022 summer in Vegas, so uh, back from back from the COVID break and then in, into actual Vegas summer league, Cam Thomas of the Brooklyn Nets was a bucket. Dude's still a bucket in the league. Uh, doesn't do a lot else, but can absolutely score. And in summer league, that was on display. In nine games across those two summers, Cam Thomas... Average 27.2 points per game. 27.2 points per game. He broke a previous record held by someone familiar with you who's played at least four games in Summer League. Damian Lillard, back in 2012, en route to winning the co-MVP of the 2012 Summer League, Damian Lamont Ollie Lillard Sr. averaged 26.2 points per game. Shaden Sharp's beaten Dame's record. That's my bold prediction. Is Shane Sharp going to play four games? I don't think so. I don't think so. But I know he can score. He can score in the NBA. Like, he was scoring 30 at the end of the year against NBA defenses that were at least trying to stop him. Playing against the Minnesota Timberwolves, the last four minutes of an NBA game for a team trying to make the playoffs, the Blazers ran high pick and rolls with Shane Sharp, and he scored at will against these dudes. Drove at and past Rudy Gobert, one of the best rim protectors in the league. Now, Rudy Gobert doesn't defend well in space, and the Blazers set the pick really high, and Shaden Sharp uses burst. But if you're blowing past Rudy Gobert, there's nobody on the summer league floor who's going to stop you. The last four minutes of a team trying to make the playoffs is higher level in, you know, even in, in March, is higher level basketball. The game might have been in April, technically. But it, at the end of the season, is higher level basketball than summer league. Shane Sharp's a bucket. And if they let him play, which I think they will in those first couple games... He's going to score and score easily. Shaden Sharp, if they let him free, is going to break Cam Thomas and going to break Damian Lillard's scoring record. He's going to average 28 points per game in Summer League. He can score from everywhere. 
can score off the dribble. At the beginning of Shaden Sharp's career, his off his pull up game was a mess. Like he he would his feet would get all out of control. Um, you know he would he would rush shots. He would get off balance, and he could he could really really shoot as a catch and shoot player when he was when his feet were ready. But he was having trouble scoring off the dribble. As he got further into the season, the whole arsenal came out in those final 10 games during the tanking era. Sharp could score from everywhere. I have no concerns, no concerns about him being a lethal bucket getter in summer league. And based on my first prediction, Scoot's going to be setting him up, looking for him, force feeding him because he's going to be averaging nine assists per game. And, you know, three, four, five of those are going to go to Shea. Shea's going to score 28 points per game. He's going to become the the... Um, you know, maybe not qualifying for my minimums that I made up to look up this stat, but he's gonna he's he's gonna play at least two games. Score gonna score at least fifty six points. Dude is an absolute bucket. Twenty eight points per game for Shaden Sharp. That's my second bold prediction, and my final bold prediction to close the show. To quote my man John, Jr. himself, the Oracle of Blazers fandom. The Blazers are going to win the championship. Let me say that again for you. The Blazers are going to win the championship. Hang the banner. The Portland Trail Blazers are going to win their third and most in league history summer league championships this summer. A week from Monday with with Scoot Henderson holding up the trophy as the summer MVP the Portland Trailblazers, your summer Blazers, are going to win the Summer League Championship. Right now, they are tied with the Sacramento Kings for two. The Summer League wasn't always a tournament. It was um, like a like a glorified pickup run for a while. It's become much more serious. Um, it, you know, only half the league went for a little while. Now everybody comes. Like I said, the whole league is there. Go early. Um but dating back to 2013 when it became the tournament, and they've, they've changed the way the tournament works over the last decade, but 10 years of championships. Sacramento has two, the Blazers have two, and this is the year the Blazers pass their neighbors to the south and hang a third banner. They don't hang banners, but hang a third banner and win the Summer League Championship behind the tutelage of Summer League head coach Jonah Herskew and behind the excellence of the young guard tandem of the future Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp, and then Scoot Henderson and whoever else when they start holding Shaden out the second half of Summer League. The Blazers are going to win the championship. And you know why they're going to win the championship? Because you deserve it. You deserve some joy this summer. It's been a tough summer to be a Blazers fan. It's been a tough two weeks to be a Blazers fan. Um, you know, I was, I was joking earlier that I'm the Cal Ripken of, of whatever, of Blazers audio video content because I've recorded 12 straight podcasts. Don't feel sorry for me. I'm doing this because I want to be here. I mean, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting paid a little money. This is this is like this is a job, okay? I'm 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 here doing it. If you're here listening and you've been here listening for twelve straight episodes as I've been turning these out, you deserve some joy in your life. You deserve some joy. My everydayers deserve some joy. So that's why the Blazers are going to win the championship. Scoot's going to go nuts. Shaden Sharp's going to go nuts. And you're going to have fun because you're going to have 10 days in the desert to watch on TV or maybe attend if you're lucky enough to really appreciate folks who wear Blazers on their jerseys. The other stuff's going to happen around you, but hopefully you can find some joy with the Blazers at Summer League. Okay, um, in the... 
Assuming nothing big happens, I'll be back Monday for more shows. We do this Monday through Friday, five days a week, the only Daily Trailblazers podcast. If something big happens, however you're listening to this, I will be back there yapping. I appreciate you listening. Tell your friends about this podcast. I'll talk to you soon. New year, new credit scores. Chime makes it easier to build credit by using your own money to make on-time payments with a secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. Use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. To apply, just open a Chime checking account with a qualifying direct deposit. There's no annual fee or credit check required when applying. Get started at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary.